Welcome to the Low-Key High Vibe Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Kylie. We're integrative nutrition health coaches who believe in the power of subtle mindset work to help you live your best and happiest life. On this podcast, we'll discuss different ways to make your mindset work for you. We'll talk realistic approaches to incorporate the mindset work into your life and how these small changes can make a big difference. We'll also share some of our favorite mindset practices and probably a few bad jokes. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to Loki High Vibe. Today we are talking about our stories around alcohol and how it relates to mental health. The thing is, drinking is so commonplace in our society today. And honestly, if you can incorporate it into your life in a responsible and healthy way, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But in this world that we live in, there are so many ads on TV for alcohol. Like, I don't know about you, if I'm watching something on Hulu and like I see one for vodka, one for gin, one for those, you know, hard ciders all over the place. And then there are the memes about drinking during quarantine. So many of those, but there's not that many resources available for those of us who choose not to imbibe. And both Allie and I have given up alcohol in our lives at different times and for different reasons. And this episode is not to convince you to stop drinking or cut back. We don't you know, want you to feel any kind of pressure. We just wanted to share a different side of things that not many people talk about. And we wanted to do that through sharing our own stories with alcohol. And also to let you know that if you are cutting back or slowing down or quarantine has you just reaching for that bottle of wine all the time and you want to swap to something else, you know, you're not alone, okay? (laughs) There are other of us out there who, you know, kind of get what you're feeling. So the other thing is drinking plays a huge role in mental health and we're going to each spend some time talking about how it's affected us. But before we get into that, Allie, what time is it? It's gratitude time. Yeah, it is. Allie, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful for Fixer Upper because I've been binging it and I love it so much. Um, Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on it, but we don't need to get into that right now. Are you inspired like to do DIY home projects now that you've been watching Fixer Upper? I'm more inspired to encourage James to do (laughs) DIY projects for me. Um, but you know that's kind of the same thing right ish absolutely maybe somebody's gonna do it i don't know if you could hear the dog barking earlier but i'm thankful for all the animals that i'm living with right now there's one dog and four cats which is quite a lot and then uh james's parents are going to be getting another dog july 10th a little baby pug it's going to be absolutely nuts and i'm so excited for that so please then, send puppy pictures when you do that. Oh my God, I'll send so many. Um, my morning oatmeal because it's like, what a great way to start the morning. Yeah. Love Kelly, it. What are you grateful for? <laughs> I am grateful for dance parties. So I was listening to music tonight. I was like, I just want to dance. So then I like spontaneously started dancing and my husband was working. So he was just trying to do that. And I was dancing. So I let the dog out of her little playpen and she thought I was playing with her. So she kind of danced with me. 
and it was a lot of fun. So (laughs) normally my husband dances with me, but today like the dog was a good dance partner. So, um, I'm also grateful for TikTok. I have a love hate relationship with this app and when quarantine first started, I downloaded it and then I deleted it because I lost like a couple hours of my life to like scrolling through these videos. But lately, like I think I saw somebody had posted a video somewhere else. And I was like, let me just see what's on TikTok. And it is definitely a time suck, but I haven't laughed so hard in so long that it's like, it was so needed and like laughter is good for the soul and also self-care. So there's that. Um, and just good workouts. I go through phases where I feel like I don't want to do anything except for take a walk or sometimes not even that. And I go through phases where I really just want to move my body and I'm in that place now. And I had like a really tough, but really good run today where it's like, you're kind of like dying through, but as soon as you finish, you're like, Oh yeah, I fucking feel amazing. So I'm feeling amazing right now for my run. <laughs> I'm sweating. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And um, we, do you want to tell um, everybody what we did yesterday? And if you're listening to this on Friday, July 3rd, when it comes out, we're talking about July 2nd. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So, yesterday, (laughs) which is actually tomorrow for us because we're recording. Mm hmm before. I'm, I'm confusing Allie with the timeline. So. It really is. So we went live on Instagram um, and we had a little mocktail demonstration and talked a little bit about our stories, um, not as in-depth as we're going to on this episode. And then we answered some of your questions and put it on IGTV. Yeah. So it's different than HGTV. It is. And not that different. I'm kidding. (laughs) We're not on HGTV yet. Yet. So when Allie starts getting her husband to do the Fixer Upper (laughs) projects, though, it's going to be a whole new kind of reality show about the woman who, like, Tom Sawyer tricks her husband into doing all the things around the house. Um, He doesn't get tricked. Oh, he's too smart for that. Yeah, it's annoying. But that's fine. Um, but yeah, so if you head to our um, Instagram or IGTV, you can actually watch that and that will live there like forever. So if you want to watch it a year from now, do it. We'll, we'll be do there. It. We got, we got the mocktails. 20. Do it. It's interesting timing that we're talking about this and doing the Instagram live, right? Because there's like a big, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a big drinking holiday, but a big holiday coming up where people mm-hmm. tend to drink a lot. What what holiday is that, Allie? Oh, July 4th. Yes. I know. I know. So if you're listening to this episode before July 4th, you can use some of our tips if you feel like you want to, to kind of approach drinking in public situations or whatever. So. Right. And just to reiterate, we're not knocking drinking. We're not saying you shouldn't drink. We're just sharing our experiences and how it relates to our mental health and giving some options if you don't feel like drinking. 
Absolutely. Um, we're having some friends over for game night next weekend and they drink, they love wine. So I was like, girl, I got you. I got your wine ready and I'm going to have my non-alcoholic beer or whatever mocktail I decide to, to make. Like I absolutely support somebody if that's what they want to do. So. Yeah. My husband was a bartender, so good yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah, so this is for anybody, anywhere. It's not, you know, just yeah. for, for people who don't drink and it's not a, a PSA, stop drinking, because that's that's not who we are. So right. All right, Allie, do you want to dive into your story? Allie's gonna talk a little bit about her experience and then I might you know ask some questions as she goes through her story and then she'll do the same for me. Sure. So I didn't drink much in high school. Um, I started drinking in college, like not a whole lot, but, um, you know, freshman year, like, oh my God, I'm going to drink alcohol. Like, ah. cool. yeah. And so, uh, my first college before I transferred to Emerson, uh, my friends there, it was like a mix of people who like had drinking and hadn't drinking. So we would like, I didn't even know. I remember we drank like maybe two shots each and like mixed drinks throughout the night and then the next day I was like do you guys remember last night and I just like no because like I do but like I drink so much and like, anyway and like, <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ like, it's like that excitement of being like a college kid who kind of gets to do mm-hmm. those things for the first time I totally get that exactly I was like do you guys remember last night and they're just like yes <laughs> Um, anyway, so then when I transferred to Emerson, I kept drinking, um, and maybe a little bit more, maybe not, I don't know, um, but Malibu, I just want to give a shout out to Malibu, Malibu is my shit. Oop, are we not swearing? No, we're explicit, we're good. I think I've already sworn once today, so. I think you did too. Um, beep! So, (laughs) okay, so, Malibu, yeah. So there were like two or three times that I overdid it and like felt super hungover the next day, but I never got sick. Humble brag. Um, from drinking, I get sick from like bacteria. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's almost this like invincibility when you're young and you don't feel the effects of a hangover as strongly as you do as you get well into your 20s. So it's kind of like, you almost feel like you can keep going because you don't feel the effects as hard as somebody older. I get that. I can't really relate because I stopped drinking 2012, maybe before my 21st birthday. Okay. So I'll dive into that in my story. Sorry. Keep going, Allie. Okay. So let's go to 2011. One summer, I was visiting friends in New York, and we were being hooligans and day drinking in Central Park, which is actually- Question, were yeah. you, like, drinking out of, like, water bottles? Did you put the alcohol in water bottles to, like, pretend you weren't, or- And was, what were you drinking? I don't remember what we were drinking. I remember it was in a 7-Eleven cup, <laughs> and we were, like, sitting on the rocks. Um, trying to keep it low key that you're exactly I get it yeah that we're high vibing (laughs) so yeah we were day drinking and then we went to this Mexican restaurant for dinner and just like I remember eating a chip and then feeling like I was gonna throw up and just running to the bathroom 
And then one of my friends came in a few minutes later and was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. But then I just like felt so sick that I couldn't be in the restaurant. So I just like sat outside the whole dinner and like my friends took turns sitting with me and like walking around a little bit. And that was just like so horrible. (laughs) Um, Not a great experience. So when I was feeling better that night and we were like home and relaxing, I got a text from one of my friends that a girl in my town had gone missing. Um, And I was just like, like nothing like that had ever happened Mm -hmm. in my town or like to anyone that I knew. So I was just like super confused. It was like, no one had seen her, but her car was at the beach. So we were like, did she go swimming and like drown or like what happened? And that just like feeling of anxiety manifested and just like feeling super, super, super sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. I like couldn't sleep that night. I remember I like left the light on cause I was so just like unnerved. And the next day we found out, um, her body had been discovered. She was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So ugh, it was so bad. And even like you said before, like it never had happened to you before. Even if it did, I don't think that's something that you, you know, get get past. And mm-hmm. oh, I'm so sorry. But... Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So that was, yeah. So anyway, so now, or after that, when I did try to drink, I just got that sick feeling in my stomach. And, you know, even if it was just like a few sips or if I just did like a shot or something, I just, I don't really know why it just like took me back there. And I was just like anxious and I felt sick and out of control. Mm -hmm. And that's probably something that like maybe could or should go to therapy for like some unresolved things there, but I just decided it was better for me not to drink mm-hmm. um, because I didn't really drink that much in the first place. Um, and I don't really miss it. I don't really like the taste of most alcohols. Um, I'll have like a ship of champagne to celebrate New Year's or weddings or something. Um, and then my husband will finish it. Um, at dinner, if my husband gets a drink, like I'll have a sip. And I just don't really like the taste. Um, it was funny on my 21st birthday, I went out and I got a cranberry juice <laughs> and like all my friends were just like, huh, that's so alley. Like, um, so alley. I love it. You know. I'm like, I'm one of those people that I like going out sober and like, I don't really get embarrassed to dance or like sing karaoke or do silly things. It's funny um, that you say that because I feel like a lot of people have this like belief that they need the alcohol to do those things. And it's like, I've, I feel like I've learned from you that that's not necessary. So thanks. You're welcome. Yeah. And I mean, people ask me though, like, oh, like, how do you still have fun? And I'm just like, everybody around me is drunk and silly. (laughs) I can just do my thing. And like, people aren't going to judge me because they're doing their things. Like, yeah. And even if they were going to judge you, get the fuck out of here. Like, you're just having a time. And if they were judging me, it's because my dance moves are so fly. I've seen them. I can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where am I? Yep. Oh, and I like to tell my husband I'm a cheap date. So (laughs) you're welcome. That's why he married her. (laughs) (laughs) 
And like, I honestly, I really don't think it's that big of a deal. I'm 27 now and don't drink. And like, if people ask me if we're out and like my coworkers are like, oh, like, why aren't you drinking? Why'd you get a mocktail? Half the time they don't even ask. They just like assume I'm driving or like, don't care. Or if they do, I'm just like, oh, you know, it's not really my thing. And they're like, cool, all right. Um, even at my wedding, like the wedding planner knew that I didn't drink and she told the bar. So I toasted with champagne. Nope, not champagne. <laughs> I toasted with ginger ale. And like they were giving me ginger ale all night. Was it in a champagne glass? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Because it's like I feel like sometimes having it in a fancy glass like makes you feel kind of like special. Like I, I still do that sometimes mm-hmm. with like mocktails. I'll put them in a fancy glass. So. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah it makes them taste better in general. Yeah. 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 I was, I remember toasting and I was like, oh, like, I'll just take a sip and then James, you finish it. And he's like, oh no, it's ginger ale. Like, oh, I did that. I'm like, stop it. Shut up. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's my story. I don't know if that didn't happen to me, if I would be drinking or not, but tis what it is. Thank you for sharing that because that's like a very like personal thing and I think like Allie and I both like to be kind of vulnerable and honest on here because there are people out there who can relate in some way or another. So thank you, Allie, for sharing all that. You're welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. I have a little bit of a different experience than you because have the exact same <laughs> it's pretty much the exact same. I'm going to just share the same story, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I never really drank that much. I mean, like, I know you said you didn't really drink that much in high school, so I I didn't really either. I never went to parties or anything like that. Um, maybe I was like 22 when I started seriously drinking, but my, you know, kind of heavy piece of the alcohol story is that my mother had substance abuse problems. And one of the substances that she abused frequently was alcohol. And, um, once she and my dad separated, it got worse to the point where like, I think I was like 14 at the time and I'm the oldest and I have three younger siblings and um, we'd have to like put her to bed and take her phone away and stuff like that um, because she was just like so out of it. Um, sorry, I'm talking so fast. I feel like I'm not breathing. I do this all the time. So I'm going to breathe for a sec. <laughs> Yeah, breathe, relax. I like, yeah. I like, I get into like the the groove of telling something, and I'm like, wait a minute, you yeah. need to breathe. <laughs> I feel you. So okay, I'm gonna be a little more relaxed now as I talk about this. But um, there, I remember there was this one time um, that she had been drinking and wanted to go visit her friend who lived in like the next town over, and my little sister. I think she was like 12 at the time, maybe even younger than that. Um, wanted to go with her. And I knew that my mother had been drinking and I tried to convince like my little sister not to go along or my mother not to go, but my sister was determined to go visit with um, my mother's friend as well. And my mother was too stubborn to realize that she wasn't in good shape to drive. And um, so I went because I wanted to protect my sister and I felt, you know, really, I was scared for what was going to happen. And we, we got there fine and it started snowing on the way back and on the way back we like like the car spun out we didn't like have an accident or anything there wasn't any other cars on the road we were very lucky but it was really fucking scary and I 
have never had like an alcoholic drink and driven as a result of this, I, I won't do it. Um, I know some people can have like one or two drinks and then, you know, go drive their cars and go home. And, and if that works for them, that's fine. But like, because of my experience, I just, I can't do it. Um, so I, if I, what's that? Sorry. Were you driving or were your mom was driving? Right? Oh, my mom was driving. I think oh. I was like maybe like 15 at the time. Yeah. So, yeah. but like, yeah, so she was, she had been drinking and driving and that's right. like what led to, to the yeah. spin out there. Terrifying. Yeah. So if I, if I know I, that I have to drive, I will not have a sip of alcohol. Like if there's a holiday party or something like that and my husband's not coming with me to drive, then I'm not drinking or I wasn't drinking <laughs> when I did drink. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of always, was always in my head because like the way that my mother behaved around alcohol showed me how I didn't want to be with it. So I just never really occurred to me to drink. I think I went out on my 21st birthday with some friends and we went dancing at a club and I definitely drank because it was my 21st birthday and everybody's like, here, have some more alcohol and here's a free drink because it's your birthday. I think I was like really like really hung over after that, but it didn't like, you know, continue it that much until I transferred to college. And, um, I think we, um, I actually forgot to mention this at the beginning is we decided to put this episode in before our friendship story. So I do talk about this in my, our friendship story that I transferred, um, to Emerson college where I met Allie when I was 22, I was like about two years behind everybody my age because I just took some time to figure out what I wanted to do. I took some time off of college too. So when it transferred, I lived in an apartment with other transfer students and some of them were like about 21 as well. So we were all kind of like in the same boat. We had like, you know, it wasn't like peer pressure or anything like that. It was just Everybody was doing it on Fridays and Saturday nights. We were having a good time, playing games, talking, stuff like that. I knew like I didn't want to be like my mother, but like I didn't think anything of having fun in college. And mm-hmm. I remember like people would say like, oh, I love drunk Kylie. Like people would say that to me if I wasn't like really wanting to drink that much. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Is maybe drunk Kylie is like a little bolder than older <laughs> Kylie? Is that... I do remember we went to this, um, our sorority had a brother fraternity and their house was like up the road from where my apartment was. Yeah. (laughs) And we had gone to that party and then came back to my apartment. And for some reason I was like lying under the table, like the kitchen table. (laughs) I don't even remember, but that, that's like why I guess people said they love drunk Kylie because I was funny or something like that. So yeah what's that I think you're always funny oh thank you I I appreciate that (laughs) you just gotta get to know me and I like warm up and I'm good I don't even need alcohol for that so yeah I don't need alcohol for that (laughs) um but yeah and like Ali I mean Ali talked about like not really feeling the effects of hangovers that much to the point of getting sick like maybe you don't feel 100% after and I definitely think that's like being young like that really does that for you because um unlike Ali I didn't stop in my early 20s um I only stopped drinking recently and as you get older you feel those hangovers a lot more (laughs) 
um, a funny story, the Cyrus side note, it's not about me, but um, at my rehearsal dinner, um, my dad was like so excited to like have all these like fancy drinks and he definitely had like one too many. And um, he said that he was like, um, he got more hungover from the rehearsal dinner than he did at the wedding. And then he wasn't actually drinking at the wedding because he was sorry I don't know why that popped in my head but I thought it was funny um yeah so yeah so I got very rarely got hangovers but I do remember this one I honestly think it was the first worst hangover I ever had where I actually got sick and that's like that time Allie and I were living together and I had gone out with my friends from working at the bookstore and you went out with a different group of friends that you had and one of them was staying over it was uh new year's new year's what did I say no I think you just didn't say it was a holiday oh yeah it was a new year's sorry yeah um, yeah, so Allie had a friend stay over. <laughs> I got sick and I had to go work at the bookstore the next day. Anyway, so I like really had to pull myself together. And then when I left, what did she say to you? <laughs> she was like, damn, I thought she had nothing left in her. And then she just kept throwing up and throwing up. <laughs> I didn't think I had anything left in me either. It was okay. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, a lot of, lot of drinking in, in college. Um, yeah, and then when I when I moved back home from Boston, um, I really put the emphasis on trying to live a healthier life. And it wasn't that I quit drinking in order to to do that. It just wasn't as much of a part of my life because it wasn't like in my face like it was when I was in college. Um, like on occasion, my dad would make like his famous frozen margaritas and we would watch, um, agents of shields together, but like that was it. It wasn't really a big deal. And then my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, when we, um, first started dating, we didn't really drink that much together. Like I think on our second date, we had gone to the, um, it's like McGee's pub in New York city, which is inspired by the McLarens from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. I'm a big How I Met Your Mother fan. You knew that though. Um, And we had gotten a couple drinks there and like, to be honest, they warmed us up and we like had really great conversation that night. And I I think it's like, because we kind of felt a little like freer. So that was, that was nice. That was like, the date that we both like always talk about knowing that like yeah i knew you were like the one for me because we had like a really nice time and that's you know that the alcohol helped in that situation um but yeah so it wasn't like a huge part of my life until so in 2017 he and i moved in together and i was 27 at the time and you know we would start getting like a bottle of wine on the weekends to have fun and um, cause we had our own place and that felt like what you were supposed to do. Um, and then I started, um, doing this like program in 2018. And one of their things is celebrating why not Wednesdays. And like at first it was fine. It was great. It just, it was nice to have a glass on Wednesday nights and unwind. And then, what um, is it? what's that? What is it? Why not Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, it's just like 
a day to drink during the week, like kind of like an oh, excuse. Okay. To, yeah. It was really like the, the program that I was trying to do is like, it's not quite a diet, but it was like one of those diets that I was like desperately trying to do to find, like to get, to lose weight. And now everybody knows I am anti-diet. Um, yeah, just those diets. Um, but yeah, at the time I was like, okay, here's an excuse to, um, you know, have a glass of wine. And then that was fine. It became part of my routine to enjoy Why Not Wednesdays. But like a few months after I had started that, I also started a job and I had like been convinced that this was the perfect job. And it, like I was making a lot more money. I was told that it was going to be a lot more flexible with the hours. And then it was a very rude awakening to find out that it wasn't. And like for some context, like a few months into working this job, my boss had a screaming match with the CEO and then stormed out. And she was a big part of the reason I took the job. So it was a, yeah, it was a, it was very, very stressful. I actually didn't even work there a full year because I was desperately looking for something else. But coming home after working these really hard and stressful days with people that I didn't actually enjoy spending my time with um, made it like I, I like was seeking out that comfort when I got home. So why not Wednesdays started to become why not Thursdays? Why not Tuesdays? And, you know, it also became, you know, instead of one glass, it was more often two. And then, you know, as the time went on, I think I worked there for about nine or 10 months, but like it, it progressed to, you know, sometimes having a bottle a night, which is like, it's, it's embarrassing to admit because like looking back on that and like, wow, what were you thinking? But like when you're in it, it doesn't, you know, you kind of just, you're seeking this comfort and you want to just, I don't know, almost like numb it a little bit, you know, to like cope with the day. I don't know. It's like a, I knew it was wrong too. Like I knew it wasn't right. And like, I'd wake up in the mornings and be like, I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to choose like a healthier approach to this. And then by the end of the day, I'd be like, I, I can't, I need, you know, a glass of wine to, to relax and unwind and then talk myself into thinking it wasn't a big deal. Um, I had a friend who also told me it wasn't a big deal. Like I had confessed to her that I'm like, I feel like I'm struggling with this. <laughs> she told me like, no, it's no big deal. Most people drink a lot. And I was like, but sometimes it's a bottle. She's like, I'm sure most people drink like that, like a bottle, you know, like it just, it, it's not a big deal. People do it. And then I kind of use that as an excuse to keep going. Um, so I, I did. And I became known as the girl who loved wine. Like that was my identity is like, oh, she's the wine lover. You know, she's always got her glass of wine in hand. And it wasn't anything like shameful because when I do talk about like coping with my stress through having, you know, wine after work, that feels very shameful. But like a lot of like, there's so many like, you know, like memes and stuff like that, that out there that are kind of like encourage that, you know, like encourage the drinking. I know like one I've heard like re like in the um, sober community, I guess, for lack of a better term, term, people get really upset at the idea of like calling it mom juice. Like, you know, mom yeah. needs her, <laughs> yeah, her wine. I think that's funny. Like, I, I <laughs> feel that, but like, <laughs> that's it. 
it, yeah, it, it is. It's kind of like, you know, laughable because it's like, get it, kids are stressful. But then it's also like, you know, perpetuating the thing that it's okay to cope with stressful situations like, you know, with that. And I like having this like firsthand experience where it was like, it became my go-to. It was like, you know, know that there's better ways to do it. And mm-hmm. I'm getting ahead of myself here when you stop drinking to deal with the bad feelings, you have to, oh, somebody's honking outside, sorry. <laughs> you have to, um, actually feel your feelings and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's hard at first. It really is, but, um, yeah. I'm getting very sidetracked. So being the girl who loved wine was my identity. And, I remember like when it was time for my bridal shower, I was like, you know, the only thing I care about is like having, you know, the good wine there. Like I don't, I don't want, you know, any like kind of fancy desserts or anything like that. I just, you know, good wine. That's all that matters. So my lovely bridesmaids made that happen. And, um, I, I I enjoyed it. It was, it was good wine. Um, but I didn't want it to go to waste because I didn't, um, there was like these like I don't know, carafes of wine. I don't know what they're called, but like mm-hmm. holding the wine. So it's not like it could have been poured back into the bottle. And I felt like I made such a big deal about these wines and I didn't want anybody to have to like pour them out after. And maybe that was like an excuse that I was telling myself in order to like keep drinking. Cause it's like, if you're at your own bridal shower, your the spotlight is on you and you're like, when you're an introvert, that's kind of a hard thing to deal with too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I I had too much at my bridal shower. Like when I got home, I felt awful. I just like, and I I don't think I did anything terribly embarrassing or anything like that. But I just oh my god, let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> no, you were fine. Tom's like when you were carrying the sign and you were swaying a little bit. That's when I knew you had like too much. And I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> I know. But I like it just it didn't feel good, and it didn't feel good to remember my bridal shower that way. Like it was a lovely time, and I do have great memories from that. But that was like for a little while after like a very dark cloud kind of hanging over my head. And um, I remember it was like August twenty eighth. Like a very, I think I took note of that date. This when, is when I made the decision to quit, was it? What day was your bridal shower? It was early August? Yeah, it was maybe like a week before that. So like it still took some time after that incident to like really being like, I don't think this is healthy for me. I don't think that this is, you know, a good life path. And mm-hmm. we had talked about, you and I talked about abstainers and moderators in, past, in a past episode. And when it came to this, I, as much as I wanted to moderate, it was not working for me. And I decided abstaining was the the best choice. So, um, that decision was made easier with like non-alcoholic alternatives, not necessarily mocktails right away, but, um, there's this thing I love. I might've mentioned on here. It's like one of my gratitudes before it's rock grace. It's like this crystal elixir, very high vibe, BT dubs. Um, having that, it kind of like, it looked like rosé, kind of gave you the feel of it, but, and it had all like good ingredients and stuff like that. And then, um, athletic brew, non-alcoholic beer, which sometimes if you say non-alcoholic beer, people are like, what, why would you even bother? It confuses me a little bit. It, It does. But then 
like I, I see the value in, and especially athletic brew, like shout out to that brand. I think that um, the founder of that had like been working on wall street for a really long time and like burnt out. And, you know, I think he was like drinking and stuff like that. And he was looking for like a healthier alternative, but still wanted to like go out and enjoy himself, but enjoy the taste of beer too. And it really does like taste like beer. It's just non alcoholic. And, um, Tom and I actually did in October of 2019, um, they had their first Oktoberfest 5k and we did that and we got to drink like non-alcoholic beer out of Steins and it was, it was a lot of fun. So Mm. I really like that company, but anyways, um, yeah, so that happened. And one of the things I had been afraid of, um, and I think like like Allie's identity, like as far as long as I've known her, has always just been like not your identity, but like a part of you is that you just mm-hmm. don't drink and that's that. And you're just like kind of chill and cool with everybody else doing it. And you're a good time no matter what. Yeah. But like that's just I've always known Allie is that. And it's like <laughs> that's just Allie. So it never occurred to me like, oh, Allie had was sober at her wedding and had a ton of fun. I was really concerned, like, could I actually be at my wedding and have a good time if I didn't have a glass of Pinot Grigio in my hand. But I, I knew I, I couldn't keep going when I was going. And to be honest, having a, so like being, not having a sober wedding, because there were plenty of people who weren't sober, but um, being sober at my own wedding was actually like the best decision I'd ever made because I remember the wedding. I don't, you know, it's not a haze. I didn't get tired or anything like that because I'd had too much to drink. I freaking danced all night until like well past, like, I think we got like, they were like, all right, DJ, wrap it up. Cause we had to, to yeah. go at a certain point. And, um, I was sore. My legs were sore for days after, cause I just danced so much and had so much fun. And I, I loved that I made that decision. We had toasted. I have all the like non-alcoholic, um, brands in my head. Cause those were really key when I stopped drinking and had the alternatives, but, um, groovy. We'll link in the show notes. Yes. We will link all these, um, groovy non-alcoholic Prosecco. I got that so that we could still do those like cute little toasting pictures mm-hmm. with uh, the bridesmaids. And I like really, overthought it like should I get champagne for the girl who does drink or like you know should I do like I, I really overthought it and I actually read a book and I'll, I'll mention the books that I, I really like there too but one of the books is like the only people who overthink whether or not there's enough booze or whether you know it should be there or not are the people who really like rely on it like nobody else cared that there wasn't real champagne there at that moment you know so it's like yeah. it was me overthinking it but so anyways, if that's something you're thinking about, it's like, how can I have fun doing these things if I'm, you know, sober? That was the best decision I have ever made, I guess, after marrying my husband. <laughs> um, it, was, it was such such a fun time. So, um, yeah. And then that kind of was like life until this year, around February. It was pre-quarantine. I feel like I shouldn't mention that, yeah. where I'm just like... I. I've, it's been long enough, you know, I was really craving a glass of red because it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was always looking for that kind of like numbness drunk feeling. It was also, I really enjoyed the taste and it tasted really good. And I just didn't stop when I should have. So I thought in February, like I could be normal with it and pick it up again. And 
especially with the stress of quarantine in the last few months, like maybe I think it was fine in the beginning, like it wasn't a huge deal. And then old habits started to pick back up again. And I know everybody talks about this in quarantine because it's so easy to just, you know, have a, a glass or two or three when you're stuck at home. Um, I keep seeing like this one ad for this company. I don't even know what the company is, but the way that they're trying to pull you in is like the alcohol industry has boomed since quarantine started. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Beer. What's that? Not Corona beer. No, yeah, not Corona. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so old habits picked up again and I turned 30 at the beginning of June. Yeah. It feels good to be 30 too. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, it's, 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 it's a complicated relationship with it, but I had a really like serious talk with my husband about like, you know, I just, I don't want to, you know, be wasting my life drinking my nights away like and it's not you know I never got like crazy drunk or belligerent or did horribly stupid things except for maybe buy my dog like toys sometimes and I like had a couple (laughs) glasses and like pepper needs some new toys um but really it just wasn't it wasn't helping my lifestyle it wasn't making me feel good and I had just turned 30 and that's not how I want to feel at 30 so I decided that it was not going to be part of my life anymore. Um, sorry, I feel like I have a very long and complicated uh, relationship with it. So I think my story like went on for a while. But yeah, um, I mean, I think it's good that you're sharing your your unique story. But I think a lot of people are going to be able to relate to it. Okay, good. I hope so because it's like I didn't. I never felt like people talked about this kind of stuff before. I made the decision. I felt like, you know, can you have fun if you kind of do these, um, if you don't drink or like, are you going to really enjoy yourself? And, but like at the end of the day, it really did affect my mental health, which is part of the decision to quit. So like it became a way of coping with stress and I wasn't actually dealing with the stress. So it was building and building. And then sometimes it would come out in like irritability or like just outbursts for no reason, just being angry, like, because I, I wasn't dealing with my stress. Um, and I don't mean like in it, like being angry and drunk. I just mean like having a bad day. It's like, you know, snapping at my husband, like in the middle of the, the work day. And it's like, why didn't you go to the grocery store or something like silly like that, you know? Um, and then, of course, the next day I'm unproductive, you know, like it's, <laughs> it doesn't, you, you don't have the energy to do things. And mm-hmm. um, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I've been loving moving my body lately. And I think that's part of it is giving up the alcohol is because I have the energy to now. Mm-hmm. And when I drink too, I don't, you know, f- eat in a way that fuels my body or makes me feel good. It feels like a very low vibe way of, of doing things when I'm like, eh, I just want something, you know, like I'm not hungry, but I just want to eat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in the, the middle of it, like, two glasses of wine in, like, do I go for the third? And then you decide you go for the third and you just feel like really low vibe. And then it's a very vicious cycle. So, and then just in general, like prone to anxiety when that happens and like worrying and stuff like that. So that's why it doesn't fit in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. So what, let's start to wrap it up mm-hmm. uh, and then we're going to give you some tips. Yeah. So, theme of our story, theme of our story, <laughs> listening to your body, 
If alcohol affects you negatively, consider cutting down or cutting it out. You don't need to drink or to feel cool or to fit in. Mm -hmm. um, your friends should be understanding if you want to stop drinking because they want the best for you. If you're worried about it, you know, consider talking to your friends because in most realities, they're not going to care. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I had mentioned I had that friend who, you know, was like, no, you know, like people do it. It's fine. And, you know, when I actually did stop drinking and, you know, told everybody, it wasn't like she was like, I can't believe you're quitting. Like, what are you doing? You know, she was understanding um, mm -hmm. that that was a choice that I was making for, you know, my health. Felt scary to kind of like tell people, especially after being known as the wine girl, you know, like, but people are understanding, especially if they care about you. Yeah, definitely. So some tips. Um these are going to be different in quarantine, but just in general, mm -hmm. um, try hanging out with your friends in a setting that doesn't revolve around drinking. So going to brunch or going to dinner, having a game night or a movie night, you know, somewhere that they can drink if you, they want to, but you don't have to. Yeah. It's not like you're not going out to drinks. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Cause it's a whole different experience. And these tips are just for like, if you feel like in like for many reasons, like if you feel like in quarantine, you've definitely been drinking too much and you're looking for kind of like different ways to cut down on that in order to feel better. If you want to be sober curious, like that's, you know, like these are kind of tips to, to get started there. So. Mm -hmm. um, or you can have like sober nights with friends where you're just like, Hey, Let's all not drink and just hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that I think is really helpful is listening to books about sobriety. Um, and again, I have a very different experience than Allie, so it was helpful to hear about other people's experiences because, like I said, I didn't think so many people were talking about it. So I remember this one book. Uh, it's called The Sober Diaries. And this woman's kind of like chronicling her journey into sobriety and – I resonated so much with like a lot of the things that she said and it was like her, she was also like a really great writer. So I was so captivated by her story. Um, and that one was really helpful. And then um, one that I'm listening to now is called The Sober Lush. And it's like these two authors who are like, you know, inspired by all of these like famous writers of the past who, um, I like they have this like phrase like the gin soaked stories of like Raymond Carver and stuff like that. They they list the the authors and, and the ones who were like really drank like Hemingway and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And this association that like of this like lush sophisticated life with alcohol and they kind of like break that down and have these little short stories about their experiences with it. So I I really like that too. Mm -hmm. Um, find a buddy to not drink with. Yeah. Like Allie. <laughs> and like Allie. Um, shout out to Allie though, because at my, um, re not rehearsal dinner, um, bachelorette, that was like the first, um, like, uh, not the first, no, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was the first event where it was like, uh, a group setting and I wasn't, drinking like I had chose not to I told all my bridesmaids that it wasn't happening 
And I was concerned though, because like we were, we did this like joint, um, bachelor, bachelorette, like we met up at the end and like, I, I don't like I hadn't told any of the guys. And I was like, are people going to be wondering or like, am I going to have to explain myself and stuff like that? But I brought like groovy Prosecco for Allie and I that we drank while we did the cooking class. And like, mm-hmm. that was fine. And it was fun because like Allie was in on it too. So thanks yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same. I'm usually the buddy if we're going out or like, yeah, if we're going out and someone's like, oh, I have to wake up early tomorrow. Like I'm not drinking. Allie, you're my buddy. And I'm like, hey, friend. <laughs> And then usually they're either like, oh my God, that was so much fun. Like I had no idea that you could have that much fun sober. And I'm just like, but yes. I like that. Sorry, before you get to the next one, I want to add something because I realized it's not on here and I should have put it on. Another thing that really helped me when I first stopped is um, kind of looking for um, other people to follow on Instagram who were kind of like in the same boat. And I started by searching like hashtags and um, one that I found like hashtag sober is sexy, like led to all of these like different posts where people are like talking about it. They're sharing mocktail recipes. They're like proud of their sobriety. And like, I just, I loved that. And I kind of love seeing that in my feed even now as I'm kind of, as I'm going through that again, where I'm like, alcohol doesn't have a role in my life. So there's so many other people out there who can get it too. Yeah. I think it's interesting, like all the different perspectives, like for, for me, I'm just like, like, I don't even think about it most days. It's just not a part of my life, but mm-hmm. to have other people being like so proud and like, that's cool. Yeah. I, I like hearing other people's stories too. I heard mm-hmm. one recently where this like woman who had, she was just like a, a binge drinker. She just drank on the weekends and she drank a lot and ended up in the hospital after one time and was kind of like, you know, you need to stop or, um, like you're not gonna, you're not gonna keep naked till your next birthday. And, um, she had, and I heard that from her video of being four years sober. So I liked, you know, kind of getting to hear the different experiences with it. Yeah, definitely. Um, another thing you can do, have a mocktail, Mm -hmm. but, um, if you're looking for recipes, you should listen in tomorrow, yesterday. <laughs> Go back to our Instagram feed in order to find the IGTV video. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, and mocktails are, yeah, there's a lot. You can have a lot of fun with them. Like that's, I feel like, I think Allie and I were talking about this before, but like it almost feels like there's, um, you know, you go out and there's options. You either have alcohol or you have soda and I don't drink soda. It doesn't make me feel good. So I like, uh, I want a mocktail. So, um, like we had at my, uh, rehearsal dinner, um, no hitos. That's what we like, mm-hmm. <laughs> which are like a great alternative. Um, yeah. And even like club soda and lime, if you fucking put a lime in anything, it fancies it so yeah yeah, is any kind of like last thoughts as we wrap up this episode talking about our respective relationships with alcohol or lack of their lack thereof yeah so just in just like a specific example of how alcohol is in my life and how I just kind of try to take myself out of situations that are very alcohol heavy 
because I know that's going to make me anxious. Um, I have a certain friend who, whenever she comes home, um, she moved away. So whenever she comes home, usually her and I will do dinner and then she'll go out dancing with her other friends because I know that when, or like when she comes home to visit, her and her friends are going to drink a lot because that's the way that they have fun. But I just, since I don't know her other friends very well, I don't necessarily feel comfortable in that situation. So, you know, we'll block out time to have dinner together so I can still see her, but not feel pressured to go out or go dancing. Mm -hmm. So it's just really nice that like, she respects that about me. She doesn't even question it. She's just like, great, we're doing dinner. Cool. And yeah, just to reiterate, it's really like not a huge deal in my life, um, not drinking. And I don't think about it often. Like, sure, there have been a few occasions where I felt bad about it or felt left out. But 99% of the time, it's just like, I don't know. It, I'm Allie and yo. Yeah. That's, I think, like a big fear too is like you're – you're going to feel left out um, if you're not partaking. Like mm-hmm. last Halloween, um, Halloween 2019, we went to the Halloween party um, with Tom's friends that we go to every year. We won the costume contest last year, which was awesome. Okay. We were a mermaid man and barnacle boy. <laughs> yeah, so just we every year we try so hard to win that contest. And last year we pulled it off. So very proud um but anyways i like going to this party this was so after the bachelorette this was like the second big event and this was an event where people were drinking like this was a party and i remember like starting to feel kind of like am i missing out by not drinking like should i kind of like i've taken a couple months off should i you know maybe go back to it now and I, I I kept flip-flopping in my head all night and then till it got like later. I remember like on the way there we were um at Tom's friend's house and like I had noticed that they got like new fun flavors of seltzer from um Target and I was like, Oh, that looks cool. Um and he's like just handed me one. Here, try it. And like I don't think like he expected me to like do anything with it at that moment but I like kind of just held on to it and kept <laughs> took it to the party with me which was it felt like a weird thing to do but I'm like no no, no this is what I'm gonna drink at the party and nobody noticed like that I wasn't really drinking and it, it was not a big deal at all that I didn't do it and I was so afraid that it would be mm-hmm. and, like, by the end of the night when people got like pretty drunk like it was kind of a bummer to see that and I'm like I'm so glad that's not me right now you know um so yeah in my head it just felt like a bigger deal than it was and it was any time that I've like kind of approached those situations where I'm like are people gonna like think I'm weird for not drinking right now it's been incredibly underwhelming nobody bats an eyelash because most of the time people will respect your decisions if they don't I honestly feel like it's an issue that they have to deal with because maybe that's like a reflecting, like them get reflecting on their own behavior and starting to feel bad because they're, you know, like almost, I don't know, feel like judged or bad for the choices that they're making when that's not your intention at all. But that is also not on you. And I will say that I have not had that experience. It's just something that I've really given a lot of thought to. Mm-hmm. So. I actually have had that experience with an ex-boyfriend, which is interesting because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, like, 
he wasn't at the best time in his life. So maybe like that was a reflection. Yeah. I mean, projection. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of times when people like don't fully understand your life choices or don't support it, it's because of something that's going on internally with them. And it's like, not your fault, but like this behavior is being reflected back on them and they have to kind of take a good look at what they're doing and they don't necessarily like want to. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a very like interesting thing and we live in a society or culture where it's just alcohol is such a big part of that and um, it almost, yeah, some people just don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that was a good episode by myself, by myself. <laughs> I agree with you. And it felt very cathartic to like, mm-hmm. to share my story. Um, cause I, it's something I've been kind of like over the past, like maybe three years, like really kind of been going back and forth on my head on. And last year when I kind of decided to stop drinking for a while, I, um, had wrote a blog post about it, but I didn't really have like anybody, following me or anything like that at that time where it really made an impact on mm-hmm. somebody so like kind of having this more public platform to kind of like make this declaration like I, I don't drink anymore it feels kind of like freeing and honest and good so yeah, yeah it felt good <laughs> I don't usually share my story about why I don't drink usually I'm just like oh it's not my thing but it did feel really cathartic just to like get it out there to be honest, I actually didn't know, like, I, I knew you didn't drink and I knew it was associated with your anxiety, but, like, I didn't know, like, how deep it went until you shared your story now, so I really appreciate you sharing that with me and all of our, our listeners, so. Yeah, of course. So, what are we talking about next week? That's an interesting question, because <laughs> once we started planning this episode, we're like, what's that? Excuse me with the timeline again. Yep, here, here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw everybody off the timeline. We actually had a different episode planned for today's release, Friday, July 3rd, um, which was our friendship story, which we have already like recorded and done. Um, but because the July 4th holiday was coming up and we were going to go live for our mocktail live stream, we're like, you know what? Let's just let's bump this episode up and um, – push back our friendship stories. So friendship story will be coming out next week, which is Friday, July 10th, which I think is the day you're also getting a puppy or your James's parents are also getting a puppy. Yes. Okay. Not only are we getting a puppy, uh, James and his mom are driving to Ohio to pick it up. It's dedication for that puppy. Pugs, man. They gotta be like, uh, not purebred, but like you have to get them from a breeder because mm-hmm. they have so many health problems. It's the short snout, I think. Like um, Pepper has that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Eve, the dog, got a nose job. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. On TikTok, there's this um, specific dog, like Tatum something. Like, and he, like, I think his owners like do the voice for him and it's so cute. And I think like, I feel like one of the videos was like, mom, we need to talk. You're not feeding me enough. Okay. I'm like, let's be serious about this. Like, it's so cute. So funny. So uh, oh my <laughs> I'll have to send that to you so you can see those specific videos. Yeah. But we always get sidetracked with cute animals. Always. So the 10th is when our friendship story will come out. And then after that, 
the topic that we will be discussing is different ways to get outside and stay safe. Which are vitamin D in. Mm-hmm. But wear your sunscreen at the same time. Absolutely. So it's kind of a weird world we're all living in right now with like now it's like half quarantine almost. Mm-hmm. Like and who keep- knows what it's gonna be like in two weeks. Yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting to figure out. Um I keep seeing these like memes around where people are like, stay inside your house for four months. And then at the end of four months, they're like, you know what? We just don't know what to do. We give up. Come on out. Like, (laughs) kind of what it feels like. So we want to give you some like safe, fun ways to be outside and get in your vitamin D because that is important to mental health. It is. It really is. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Guys, next week. Talk to you next week. Tomorrow. Darn it. See you yesterday on instagram live yeah so you can actually see us <laughs> if you go to our igtv we, we're all confused with timelines and locations today but if you head to the show notes because you're confused we promise we'll try to type it out in a less confusing way yes all right <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening guys bye we're so grateful that you listened to today's episode If you enjoyed it, don't forget to rate and review. Make sure you're subscribed so you know when a new episode is released. Don't forget to follow us on social for more positive inspiration. You can find me, Allie, at playing underscore with underscore potential on Instagram and at playwithpotential.com. You can find me, Kylie, at Kylie. Dot Somalia, that's K-Y-L-I-E, period, C-I-M-A-G-L-I-A, and at KylieSomalia.com. You can also get more tips on how to live a low-key, high-vibe life on Instagram at low-key underscore high-vibe. Talk to you soon. <laughs>